We are in the Serve series. Welcome, as Pastor has already said and Karen has already said, we are honored that you chose to be with us today. I mean, if it's your first time, man, welcome to the party here at Transformation Church where it's always a good time and we want you to leave refreshed and encouraged. Uh, and so we are in the Serve series. We're talking about uh, serving today. And, and uh, so we want to jump straight in. Go ahead and get your sermon notes out. You should have got those on the, on the way in the door. And today I want to talk to you about a servant's heart. A servant's heart, man. And, and, uh, well, let's just jump straight into the theme verse and we'll keep moving, uh, which is Matthew 20, uh, 28, right there on your sermon notes. Uh, it says, just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so Jesus comes to earth and, and, uh, and when, he comes to, uh, when he comes down to earth, man, he comes down with one mission, one purpose, and that is to, to sanctify and to bring uh, all of God's people, to bring us into a place where we can be forgiven of where we were and be brought into where he wants us to be and, and we can receive salvation through the cross and everything that he accomplished. So he comes, but he comes to serve and, and knowing that Jesus comes, he could very easily have mandated that all of us would come in, that we would wash his feet and that we we would bow down before him. But when you look into the scriptures, you see that Jesus was watching this feet of his disciples and that Jesus was bowing down in front of others. Why? Because he wanted everyone. He wanted us to understand and the disciples to understand that he didn't come to be served. He came to serve. And that is still our mission today. 2000 years later is that we are to serve people and let them see the love of Christ in and through us. And so we want to talk to you today about serving. Turn to your neighbor and say, serve. So we want to talk to you about serving today. And uh, so we want to talk to you. We're, we're going to spend a lot of time in Matthew 25. So let's read Matthew 25, uh, 14 through 18. This is a story that we see uh, where God, uh, where Jesus is talking, he's talking a lot about the coming of the Lord, but he's talking about a number of other things too. And so he's talking about talents. And so he's describing this to his disciples and he's talking about the coming of the Lord. He says, for it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one, he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he goes on to say, then he went away and he who had received the five talents went at, uh, went at once and traded with them and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one, goes on to say, he who received the one went and dug it in the ground and hid his master's money, right? So there it is. He, he went and he hid his master's money. And so uh, what we see is the master comes in and he's giving out, he's divvying out these things to uh, the people and the five go and he makes five more out of what he was given. And then the two goes out and makes two more out of the two that he was given. But the one takes his one and he goes and he digs it in the ground, right? And uh, he leaves it there for safekeeping. Now, let me just go ahead and tell you, this is not a sermon that permits you to go out and start gambling, all right? Hey, one got five, you went and made five more, you know what I mean? Like, gonna hit the crap table after second service? No, that's not what I'm saying. Stay calm, right? So what we're saying, what we're talking about today is I believe this paints a very good picture about how we're supposed to serve um, but oftentimes we don't understand how we're supposed to serve. And, and a lot of times we, we tend to get things mixed up. So let's jump straight into it today. Your first fill in the blank today. And because we're talking about serving with what you have. And the first thing that I believe that God has given to us uh, in a certain amount of is time. Time. Now, some of y'all are like, man, I don't have any extra of that. You know what I mean? But time. 
The Lord has blessed us. And the the three areas, all three areas that we're gonna talk about, I actually believe that the Lord gives us a surplus of one or two of these areas. Some people, he gives you a surplus of all three. But in some cases, he gives us a surplus of one or two of these areas. How we use it is up to us, right? So he's called us to serve with our time, right? And so uh, Ephesians 5, 15 through 16 says this, therefore be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. It's in your sermon notes. They'll probably throw it up here in a second, but uh, because the days are evil, right? And that doesn't mean like the days are out to get you, like everything's going chaos, like, no. What it means is that the days are set. The enemy can use your days to help you and cause you to deprioritize what is important. And I think for some of us, man, you know, one of the things, I'm, I'm a workaholic. Like I, I actually, I love my job, so that's one thing. Um, but I'm constantly working. But here's one of the things that I notice, right? Is that what I'm constantly short on is time. More than I'm short on anything else, I'm short on time. Why? Um, because I'm constantly going. I'm the type of person, if I'm in my house for more than like three hours, I'm gonna start eating the wall or something. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm gonna knock something over. Like I need to, I gotta do something. I can't just sit here all day long. I could be out there. I could be in my office. I could be getting stuff done. No, I'm stuck here. And like, so that's my mentality. Like go, 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 go. But sometimes we have to slow down because here's what I've noticed about people who don't have enough time is it's not so much that they don't have enough time. Most of them are just very poor at prioritizing their time. Like we don't, we don't always do the, the right things. And let me encourage you with this word. You need, some of us, us, some of us need to learn the difference between good things and right things. So some of us are spending a lot of time doing good things, but are they the right things? In other words, is your family suffering because you're doing good things? You know what I mean? Like, so we have to understand time. So it's not that the days are out to get us, it's that the Lord will use these times. He will use time in our life. He'll try to absorb our time, try to make us spend, uh, spend our time doing things we shouldn't be doing or, or following through with things we shouldn't be following through with or chasing dreams that were never ours to chase like, and constantly doing that. So we need to be careful. The second thing uh, that we're talking about serving with what you have, the second thing that you have is your talents. Your talents. Right? What has the Lord given you this amazing ability to do? So I've been, serving, uh, I've been serving on the worship team here at Transformation Church. So we've been Transformation Church for four years. August, the first Sunday in August will be four years Transformation Church has been here. Come on, somebody, right? Like, so four years. We were a different church for 12 years before that. Honestly, it's not even the same. Like people are like, how long have I been here? I'm like four years. Because if you'd have been to church before we were Transformation Church, it ain't even the same church, folks. Let me just tell you. But anyways, moving on, because I'm not going to get hopped up on that. So, but man, one of the things, I've been on the Transformation Church, or I've been on the worship team here um, going back to 2002. Um, So I've I've been on the worship team for 15 years. Let me also tell you this. No one on our worship team gets paid a dime. Like, no one gets paid here. We have people come in, they're like, how much do you pay your musicians? I'm like, we, we don't pay anyone on our team. Like no one, we pay them with pizza once a year. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, hey, it's a party. Thank you all for your service. You know, like and some of our musicians are like, hey, when is that happening then? Because I hadn't even, hadn't even got down on that. No, but why? Because everyone on the team understands, myself included, that we are not here to benefit from serving. We're here to serve. You know what I'm like? How many of you guys appreciate this team this morning coming in and serving? Right, like, But here's the deal, right? Like some of you can't play an instrument and you can't sing. 
right? You know what I'm saying? Like some of you can barely play the radio in your car. You know what I'm saying? Like the six options just mess you all up. We don't want you playing piano on a Sunday. You know what I'm saying? Like, just like you don't want me singing on a Sunday. I'm like, I'm, the Lord has given me some amazing talents to be on this worship team. I can play most of the instruments on the stage I can play. Let me tell you what I can't do. I can't sing. If we want to clear this house out, just give me a microphone and cut me loose. You know what I'm saying? Like, sounds like bad karaoke in here. So, no, but... <laughs> But seriously, right? So all of us have these talents. We have something that the Lord has given to us that maybe he hasn't given to someone else or just maybe in a different measure, right? So some of you guys like to cook. Like you can cook better than, like, come on, somebody. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Like, hey, you know, um, Miss Mickey always pops up with some bread pudding every now and then in our office. Yeah, I'm just like, don't clap, man. I don't need that. You know what I'm saying? I'm working on stuff over here. She's just rolling up in. Deb walked to the office Friday. She's like, someone make these bread puddings in the fridge. Y'all want some? I was like, no. <laughs> yes. I, yes, I don't. You know, like, so. But why? Like, God has given her that ability. What I love about her ability to do that is she continues to bless people with it. Like, she, could, she continues to make a difference in other people's life with this talent that she has, right? And I believe all of us have something that the Lord has given us that either he hasn't given other people or maybe just not in the same measure that he's given other people. How are we using that to impact other people? Because we're talking about serving, right? So, you know, so we're talking about talents. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. And it's like, man, because for, for me, I don't necessarily need someone to, maybe, maybe it's a season in my life where I got plenty of people that are walking up to me and just saying, man, I just want you to know I'm praying for you, right? Like they're doing that, but maybe sometimes I just need a hug. You know what I mean? Maybe sometimes I need bread pudding. You know, it's like, it's, it is what it is, you know? Like, but the Lord continues to provide, amen, with caramel sauce. Anyway, so, but... A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Like, what has the Lord given you that you can now in turn give someone else? You know, I lost everyone a caramel sauce, right? Now everyone's just like, man, looking on their phone, who sells bread pudding? That's all I need to know right now. So, but we can help each other, right? So that's, that's the thing, man. When we have a talent, how can we use that? Praise God that our worship team comes in every Thursday and they rehearse for hours and they, they show up on Sundays early and our production team, they show like, you know, they make us sound and look better than we are. I mean, I'm just kidding. Like, and we come in and all, like, all of us working together. Why? Because when we show up on Sundays, man, we need somebody. Like we need to have something ready. Number one, that we give to the Lord because worship is about God first. But I don't know about you guys, but when I'm sitting out there, I'm still partaking in a great blessing that comes from other people using their talents to help impact my life. And that's an amazing thing. So how, how are you going to do that with what God has given you, right? The third thing that uh, we're talking about serving with what we have, the, ser- the third thing that we have is our treasure, our treasure, our finances, right? And uh, man, I grew up in church. I, 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 grew, I grew up in church where if you weren't giving your money, you might as well have not shown up that day. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you didn't tithe? Get out of here. We'll see you next week. You know, better bring your checkbook, you know? Like, so, like, and, and a, a pastor and I, we, we watch these funny videos where, um, where it's like on YouTube, 
and it's, it's a comedy thing, but it's like partly serious because this actually happens, where people are calling people from church congregations saying, hey, this is so-and-so from whatever church. Uh, we're just calling to let you know you didn't tithe this week uh, and you can't come back until you tithe. And like the conversation, like apparently this actually happens. It doesn't happen here, but it actually happens somewhere. And I'm just like, wow, like, man, that you'll, I'm, I just wanna encourage you, you will, the day will never come where any pastor gets up here on the stage and tells you what you're supposed to do with your money. Like, the day will never come. I'm just letting you know. If you're one of those people that's like, I don't want to go to church because pastor's all about money, not here. Like, seriously, we take up an offering, but that's not what it's about. It's about how do we serve the Lord with our treasure. Now, one of the things I look forward to every Sunday, I look forward to giving every Sunday. One of the reasons why is because the Bible says that when we give, he'll give back to us. Right? And so uh, I look forward to doing that because, and we'll talk about this in a minute, in my time of need, I want to know that I got some seed in the ground ready to come back to me. So it's not about like, you know, mail this $20 check and I'll send you a free handkerchief or whatever. Like it ain't about all that. I'm just saying, man, we need to look for opportunities that we can continue to be a blessing and we can serve other people with what we have, right? Romans 12, eight says, if your gift is giving, then just give generously. But I think that applies to all three of these areas, our time, our talents, and our treasure, Right, And so uh, when we're talking about time, talents, and treasure, the problem is, is oftentimes we base what we have to give on what other people have or what we don't have, right? Well, if I had as much time as so-and-so, you know, if I had as much time as Bobby, then I would, you know, I would be volunteering as much as Bobby, you know? Or if I had as, as much money as Susie, I'd give as much money as Susie. Well, maybe the reason that you don't have as much time as Bobby is because you ain't being wise with the time that you have. Come on, somebody. Like, maybe, the, maybe God is waiting for you to, to, to be a little more wise with, use some wisdom with your current time structure before he gives you more time. You know, maybe he wants to see you be more faithful with your current finances before he gives you more finances. Like, maybe he wants to see how you're gonna help somebody that need, if, you, if you've got all this talent, but you're not using that talent to serve people, then God's not gonna give you more of some other things. He wants to see like, what are you doing with what you have? And then the other thing that we do, and I see this happen all the time, right, is that then we call people that'll sympathize with us, right? So we'll call, you know, like, we'll, we'll call somebody, girl, let me tell you. Look, any conversation that starts out like that with my wife, I'll walk out the room. <laughs> girl, let me tell you. Nope, mm -mm, I'm going to the other room. <laughs> watching football or something. No, but like, and so we, we call them, hey, and then this is what we do. When we don't have as much money as so-and-so, we call and complain to our friends so they'll give us sympathy. And what we do is we look for people that'll get in our pity party about what we don't have instead of talking to people that'll pull us out of our pity party about what we do have. So we call somebody, man, I don't have this. Well, you know what? I don't have it either. You know what, Susie, she just married into money. She just got whatever, like, well, you know what? Like, let Susie be. You need to focus on what you have and stop worrying about what you don't have. So here's the deal, folks. If you got some time, use some of your extra time to make a difference in people's lives. We got outreach small groups starting next semester. We're starting street church next semester. We're doing outreaches in the community. Man, like leverage some of those opportunities, right? Your talents, like maybe you're good at a few things. Maybe you can cook for some people. Come on, somebody. Like, you know, like maybe you have some extra talents in that area. How can you use that to make a difference in someone's life? And then some of you genuinely have the gift of giving. Like your, your bank account looks like what we wish ours looked like. You know what I'm saying? So like, and if you're that person, 
I'm not the guy that's like, you need to give away all your money. I'm not that guy, all right? I think you should keep some of your money, you know? Like, but I'm saying you should use some of what you have to bless other people, to make a difference in someone's life, even through, like, through the church. Give it to the church and we'll help you. Like, if you don't know how to do all that, look, we have some areas where we'll divvy out funds and take care of some people. Man, just look for opportunities to serve people with your time and your talents and your treasure, right? Find opportunities to leverage that in your favor. Like me, like, and I'm listen. I'm honestly not the guy that says to give away everything. Like, uh, we have uh, we have a nice house. We don't have a huge house. Myself and my wife. Like, we don't. Have, it's not elaborate. It's a nice house. I have a nice truck. You know, I'm gonna ride that bad boy till the wheels fall off. I'm not looking. I'm not looking to get the next greatest whatever. You know, I already got young people like, yeah, the iPhone 8 is coming out. Like the iPhone 32. It's as big as a hockey stick or whatever. Like. I, I don't, I, like, they're like, are you going to trade yours in? I'm like, I'm going to use my phone until it stops working, and then I'm going to get another one. Like, I'm not, and, like, and, and for me, like, we have nice things, but I'm, we've been in positions before where we didn't have anything. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, like, we've been in positions in our marriage where we didn't know how we were going to make our next bill. Like, we didn't, we didn't know how, like, we were choosing. It's like, man, are we going to buy groceries? Or are we going to pay the electric bill? Now, let me tell you, in the Livingston household, the groceries are always going to get bought. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, <laughs> Just letting y'all know, we might eat in the dark, but we're going to eat. So anyway, so yeah, man. So it's just one of those things where we're continually looking for opportunities. We don't always have excess. And I want to encourage you in this because the biggest reason why people don't serve other people is they feel like either they don't have enough time, they're not good enough, or they don't have the finances to help support someone else. Those are the three biggest reasons why. Can I tell you something? You have a surplus of something. Use it. If you don't have enough time to help somebody, you probably have enough finances. If you don't have enough finances, you probably have some talents you can use. You know what I'm saying? Like whatever it is, find where you can make that happen, right? So what is it gonna take from me? That's the big question. What is it going to take from me? If I'm gonna make a difference in someone's life, if I'm gonna serve somewhere, how am I gonna do that? So this is, the rundown is the, the guy that uh, goes out and he, serve, or he sows his five talents and he gets five talents more, right? And the Lord looks at him and says, man, you've been faithful with little. I'm gonna make you ruler over much. And the guy that had the two, he went out and sown the two. He got two more. Now he has four. And the master looks at him and says, man, you've been faithful over little. I'm gonna make you ruler over much. But he looks at the guy that only has one and check this out. He says, uh, he says to him, you wicked and slothful servant. I mean, like that's some like serious words, right? Like all he did was dig his talent in the ground, right? But here's what this represents. Some people are so worried about losing what they have that they don't do good things with it. And that's what we're looking at here, right? So then the master comes and he takes the one and this is all in Matthew 25. I just don't want to read 86 verses to you this morning. I'm giving you the BLV, right? The Brad Livingston version. So, but he goes and he takes the one and what does he do with it? He gives it to the guy with 10. So the first person that had five and got five more, and now he has 10, the master takes the one from the guy that only got one and he gives it to the one with 10. Now, let me tell you how that would have went for most of us. For real? You only gave me one to start with? Now you took my one and gave it to the guy you gave five with. You already blessed him five times more than you blessed me with. Now he doubled. Now he has 10 times more than I have, and then you're gonna take what I have and you're gonna give it to him too. And then we just get all up in arms about how God's dealing with us. Oh, we're not going to be real today. Okay. So that's how, that's how it would have sounded on my back porch in my conversation with the Lord, right? Like, oh, okay. But here's what happens, right? This is why. 
This is why that tends to happen. Because we don't see it as what we have been loaned or given. We see it as what we own. Like, oh, no, that's mine. Well, no, it's not yours. It's his. He just let you borrow it for a while. And he wants to know what you're going to do with it. So the reason he gives it to the guy with 10 is because the guy that had five, he took a big risk to make sure that he could take care of more people. Now, he took these talents. He said, no, no, I'm going to invest it. I'm going to see how I can, how, what can I do with this? Oh, now look what I got, 10. So the Lord's thinking, man, this guy was faithful with what I gave him. Now he's going to be that much more faithful when I give him more. But the guy that wasn't faithful with the little, he's not going to be faithful with anything more than what I give him. And so what we tend to do, right, is we tend to establish this idea where if I don't have much of something, then I don't have any more to give someone else. So uh, the reality is, is maybe the reason you don't have more is because of what you're doing with your little. Like, maybe God wants to see you do a little bit more with what you got before he gives you more. So there's this thing, me and my wife, we, we love to do uh, this, play this game. When the lottery hits like 300 million, boy, let me tell you, if I got three, never mind. So listen, we got, we like to do this thing where we, we like to plan out Everything we would do with that 300 million, I know taxes, you know, Uncle Sam, whatever. So like, we'll call it a 200, right? So we like, to, we like to plan everything out, man. We would pay off our parents' houses. Like we would go, and, hey, you know what I'm talking about. So, <laughs> so we, like, we would, we, we even say like we would pay the extra like 3 million because apparently I, I heard you can like pay extra money and they won't put you on the news. You know, like they put the people on the news with the big check. Listen, I'll pay a couple million dollars to not be on the news with that check, you know, because then cousins I ain't never heard of start popping up like, hey, man, you know, my cutlass broke down. Well, you know what? No, I ain't never talked to you. So anyway, here's some bread pudding. No, I'm just kidding. So, so we go through. So we were talking about how, man, how like, we would pay off these, and we would take care of our brothers and sisters and our parents, and, like, and we would open up a pit bull rescue, because, you know, that's like, you know, we'd, we would a uh, homeless shelter for kids that are turning 18 and whatever. Like, man, we just, we have all these game plans, um, and we start just kind of like hashing through everything we would do. And then about 20 minutes in, the reality hits, like, oh, like, we don't have $200 million, you know, like, <laughs> what are we going to do, you know, like, and uh, honestly, I say, like I say it jokingly, but I kind of believe it. Um, I think the reason the Lord won't let me win the lottery is because he knows I would buy like a safe house and just fill it with firearms. Like if, for those of y'all that are, for those of y'all that are like, y'all are, you become the transformation a lot, you know, like I like to collect guns and I like to blow stuff up. Like it's what I do in my free time. Like not illegally, but completely legally. But anyway, it's not the point. So like I, he, like yeah, I could just see him being like, man, no, if you won the lottery, you'd buy every gun that was ever created. You're not doing it. I'm not giving you any money. That's probably what the Lord is thinking for me. And he knows me well. He knows me better than I know me. So that's the reason why we haven't won too. But if it ever happens, uh, don't worry. None of you will ever find out. So, but, so here's the deal, right? So here's the deal, though. Like, I honestly think, I, I honestly believe that the reason why many of us don't have more is because we, do, we don't do enough with our little. So you want God to give you $10,000, but what are you doing with the hundred that you have, right? I'm not telling you to give everything away, but if you, if you got $100 left at the end of the month, can you do something with 10 of it? Like, can you do something with 15 of it? Can you do something with 20 of it? And can, you, can you feed somebody else? Like what, if, if you roll up and you're passing somebody on the street corner and you only have one $5 bill for today and that's all you have today, and the Lord says, give it to that person, are you gonna give it because that's, 
what you're supposed to, like, what are you doing with that? So um, that's the question that I have for many of us. So what is it going to take for me, right? What will it take for me? That's the big question. So uh, the first thing that I think it's going to take from us is obedience. Obedience. Like we're going to have to follow through with what the Lord tells us, just like what I was talking about. If you pull up to the street corner and the Lord says, give that $5 bill to that guy, and you say, but God, this is the only one that I have. Like if I give this to him today, I don't eat today. Like what happens then? Can I tell you something? For every $5 bill you have, the Lord has a 10 waiting on you. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm not, I'm, not a, I'm not a prosperity gospel preacher where like, you mean the Lord just wants to give you $6 million. I don't know if that's the case for you. Like he may only want to give you 60. You know, like I'm not that guy. What I am telling you though is that the Lord says when we give, he will give back to us a measure. Like he, so he is always, so you'll never, listen, uh, there has been times, like I said, where we didn't know how we were going to eat, but obviously the Lord has taken care of the Livingston family. You know what I'm saying? So like when he, when he tells you to do something, he already has a plan for how he's going to repay you. When he tells you to spend some time here, he already has a game plan for how he's going to give that time back. When he tells you to spend some talents here, he already has a game plan for how he's going to give those talents back. When he says give some treasure here, he already is preparing a way where he's going to give some of that treasure back. Our job is not to figure it out. Our job is to be obedient to what the Lord is telling us. What is he telling you? Now I get that, like, man, I've been in some seasons of life where this whole message was like, bro, I don't have any time, talents, or treasure left. Like, I don't have any excess. Well, then, then we have to prioritize what we're doing with our time, our talents, and our treasures. So uh, the question that I have under obedience is, does your current obedience to the word of God show him that you're trustworthy of more? And I'm not just talking about, like, financially. I'm not just talking about the guy in the street corner. I'm talking about the way you treat your spouse now does that show God that you deserve more of what you think you should have? Because oftentimes, what the Lord measures our heart by is not how we treat others, it's how we treat the people that the Lord has already told us we should be prioritizing. So like I said, I'm a workaholic. If I'm not prioritizing my wife and my child, I cannot expect the Lord to give me more time. Like if I'm not taking care of the people that the Lord has called me to take care of. So how do you treat your spouse? How do you treat your kids? Are they a constant? I, I worked for a, a gentleman in the retail world and he was, a, he was a good boss. It was a great company to work for, man. It was awesome. But um, in the first few years that I worked there, uh, every time his wife or his son would call, his son was probably 12 at the time, he would get very, like almost angry on the phone. You know, he would get very frustrated and uh, you know, why are you calling me at work? You know I'm at work. Don't call me at work. And finally, I just told him, he hung up with it. I said, man, let me tell you something. I said, all of this, this is, this is work. I said, but the Lord can take it away tomorrow. Like, you're not promised this. The Lord has not called you to be uh, a business owner over this for the rest of your life. What he has called you is to be a good husband and a good father to those two people. I said, you hired us to take care of this. We'll take care of this. I said, you get your son back on the phone. You say good job for making the basketball team or the art team or the whatever. Like, you, you honor your wife. Like, spend time there. Let me figure this out. And it was just my way of telling him, like, man, you want the Lord to bless this business, but you're not taking care of your wife. And it, it don't work like that. You need to prioritize your time better. And so, man, some of us need to operate with some uh, obedience. The number two is sacrifice. Sacrifice. What is it going to take for me? It's going to take sacrifice from me to make this possible. 
I remember um, when we're, we're supporters of Israel here. We love Israel. And, and uh, we had a Christians United for Israel rally uh, a while back. And um, well, fast forward just a little bit. So my, when my wife was around eight months pregnant with Jabin, um, we lost her mother, Norma, uh, who had battled for, with cancer for years. We lost her to cancer. An amazing woman of faith, amazing woman of faith. I, I, I genuinely believe that her faith in the Lord extended her life about five years. And she was able to watch her daughter get married and, and find out that her daughter was pregnant. She was able to see many things strictly based on her ability to believe in God to extend her life. She was amazing. Uh, she, she passed when, she, uh, when Ashley was eight months pregnant. Um, and when that happened, right, so when she, uh, when she passed, Ashley is the only child, so her and her dad, she took up most of her time that she had saved. She saved about three months of paid vacation to take care of Jabin after she had him, right? She just wanted to be there for the first three months and all those things. And, and so when Norma passed, she used up most of that leave time to take care of her dad and to, and to just take care of the family matters, you know? Um, and so she used up all that. Now I wanna rewind back to this Christians United for Israel rally that we were at. This is a couple years prior to that. And, uh, and, and so we were raising $20,000 to build a bomb shelter in Israel. And, uh, and so we were putting a bomb shelter in Israel and right outside of a, a daycare in a kindergarten. And my wife takes care of all the finances at our house. When I say all of them, we had a conversation not too long ago. Like maybe you should give me a spreadsheet uh, of where to like mail a bill. God forbid something should ever happen to you. You know what I mean? Like, so we don't lose the house and stuff. And so, uh, so she comes to me at the Christian United for Israel rally and she's like, hey, how much money should we give you know, for this bomb shelter? They're taking the offering, how much money should we give? And I was like, well, honestly, uh, I said, I don't even know, like, I don't even know what's in the bank account. So like, how much money can we give? She's like, we can give this much money, we'll be just fine. You know what I mean? I was like, perfect, double that, that's what we're gonna give. And she gave me that look like some of y'all give me right now. Like, mm-hmm. you know? And I was like, listen, baby, this is good soil to sow some seed into. And I said, we may, maybe we don't go out to eat a few times this month and maybe we you know, cut this bill here for three to six months, but let's take care of God's people and he'll get back to us when we need it. Um, jumping back to when she was pregnant, uh, she used up all her leave time. So what happens? Uh, people at her work find out about this and then they start uh, sending out emails to each other and they donated over 12 weeks of paid vacation to my wife uh, to have after she had Javen, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> And all that to say, listen, we sacrificed some on the front end, right? I don't know how much we, I really don't remember how much money we gave to that bomb shelter, but it wasn't 12 weeks of paid vacation worth. I can promise you that, you know, like we had some money in the bank, but we didn't have that much. If we did, me and my wife need to have a different conversation. You know what I'm saying? So, but it was amazing to watch God say, listen, sacrifice, just sacrifice. Like obey, use some obedience. I'm telling you to give, now sacrifice some. It may cause you to sacrifice some of your time. You may need to use some of your talents in an arena you're not comfortable with. I, I honor two of our teenagers right now, Madison Bales and Travis Laws. I honor you right now. I came to you on serve day. They were supposed to go to, um, they're supposed to go to another place on serve day. And I came to them, I said, listen, some people on our team that are supposed to go to the nursing home did not get to go. Will you go? And for teenagers, for a lot of teenagers, nursing home is not your favorite place to be. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just being real in the house, right? Some of y'all adults are like, it ain't my favorite place to be. So, and uh, I came to them and they said, yes, pastor, we'll go. And they went and they served and they did an amazing job for how long they were there. And man, I just honor you because uh, obedience and sacrifice um, matters and the Lord will honor you and he's gonna take care of you guys. So uh, church, put your hands together for those two teenagers. Like, absolutely. So. 
sacrifice. And then uh, the last one before we close out today is contentment. Contentment. Wherever it's at, there it is. Contentment. We need to learn how to be content with what the Lord has given us. Listen, as long as you're comparing yourself to the Joneses and the Smiths, you're never gonna do what God called you to do because you're always gonna feel like you deserve more than what you deserve. In reality, none of us deserve any of this. Like God continues to bless us despite us not deserving this. But we need to learn how to be content with what we have instead of chasing what we don't have. So maybe you don't have as much time as you would like to have. That's fine. The Lord can multiply that and make it more fruit out of it. Maybe you don't have the talents. You wish you could play a, a keyboard or you wish you could um, you know, paint a sign or you wish you could do something. Listen, there is an area where you can use the talents that you do have to make a difference in someone else's life. And, and, and if anything, growth track can help you figure out how to put all that together. So if you're in this place, you know, man, I got these talents, I got this much time, these talents, I wanna know how I can make a difference in someone's life. Growth Track will help you figure that out. It's the very first Sunday of August, join it, all right? Um, I wrote this phrase down. I just wanna show it to you because um, I believe it's, it's accurate. It says, serving, it's your last two fill in the blanks on your card. Serving is the antidote to materialism. Serving is the antidote to materialism. Here's the truth, folks. Like. You know, I, 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 I'm always, I'm constantly in this place where I'm trying not to get consumed with the things of this world. But here's the reality. When we go to Peru or we go to uh, you know, El Salvador or we go to you know, overseas and you see people living on such simple lifestyles, it changes how we feel about the things we feel like we should have. So maybe, maybe this message for some of you is an encouragement to simplify your lifestyle so that you can serve more. Because the Lord never called you to have a huge house or four cars or any of those things that a lot of us are chasing. The Lord called us to take the gospel to the hurting and broken world. And if you don't have time or talents or treasure, it becomes very difficult to do that when you're chasing these worldly dreams. I'm not telling you to not have them. I believe in many cases, God wants to use those dreams. But I'm telling us maybe we should simplify a few things so that God can do something amazing with our life, folks. Because serving is the antidote to materialism. Let's focus on what God has for us, all right? Let's pray in this house today. God, I just pray right now for every person that's here, Lord. God, you have brought us to a place where we need to serve more. So I just pray right now over every person that's listening or watching this sermon. Some of us are watching the live stream or listening on our podcast. Many of them right in the room right now. And, and God, you are calling us to a place where we're gonna serve more with our time, with our talents, with our treasure. And we're gonna do so with obedience. We're gonna sacrifice and use contentment with what we do have and start looking for the ways that you want to expound this amazing truth, this amazing gospel into a world that needs to hear about you. So God, I just pray that you open our eyes and our ears and our hearts so that we can serve others and create an impact in their life with the hope of Jesus Christ. If you're in this place right now, you're watching us on live stream, you're listening to this, maybe you're at a place where serving is great, but my greatest fear, one of my greatest fears as a pastor is that you would serve while you go to hell. Because here's the reality, folks. I don't care how good of a person you are. To spend eternity in heaven, you have to have Jesus 
in your life. You have to be following him. You have to put your faith and your trust in him. So here's the opportunity that I wanna present to you. Sin is a part of all of our lives. We've all got sin in our lives. And the sin that is in our lives puts us in a position where we are distanced from God. When Jesus went to the cross, when he died on the cross, he literally built a bridge that from where we are to where God is and has given us the opportunity to be forgiven of the sin that is in our life, the sin that's in all of our life. So here's what the opportunity that I wanna present to you. If you're in this house right now, or you're watching, or you're listening, or you're a part of this church service, and you say, man, I really need to give my heart to the Lord. I need to be saved. If that's you, you say, I wanna give my heart, I wanna put my faith in Christ today. I wanna be saved. You're in this place. I'm not gonna come to you. I'm not gonna point you out. I am not gonna embarrass you. I wanna pray for you today. Would you just raise your hand? I want, to be, I want to give my heart to Jesus. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. I wanna give my heart to Jesus today. I wanna to be saved. Amazing, hands are going up. God bless you, God bless you. Amazing, amazing. Once you put it up, you can put it down. I can't, I'm not gonna embarrass you. I don't wanna point you out in this house today. I wanna to pray for you. Here's what we're gonna do. If you're watching, even if you're watching or listening to this, I want us to pray this prayer. And the whole church is gonna pray it with you folks. Now, let me remind you, this prayer doesn't make you saved. This prayer is a public acknowledgement that you're putting your faith in Jesus, you're repenting of your sins, and you are saved. So let's pray it today, folks. All you that raise your hand, the whole church is gonna pray with you, so you're not praying by yourself. So let's do this, church. Let's pray with our brothers and sisters. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my wrongs. Make me pure. Make me clean, make me whole. I believe that you died on the cross and that you rose three days later and through your death and through your life, I can be saved. I wanna follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Church, put your hands together for all those that prayed that back for the very first time. Man, we celebrate with you.